Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome once again to the Journey Through the Mind podcast show. Hey, Cass, how are you doing? No, doing very well, thank you. Welcome to 2024. Can you believe it's, I mean, just 24 years ago, we were stressing about getting into the new millennium, and now we're already 24 years in. How great is that? <laughs> and what have we done? Just got older, more gray hairs and more wrinkles. 24 years, yeah. <laughs> So how was your how was your New Year's? It was good. Um, yeah, it looks like people are a lot more um, positive for twenty twenty four. I think twenty twenty three was was a hard year for many. So what I'm finding is that people are really looking forward to twenty twenty four, and they are trying to make a difference versus just leaving it to chance. They people seem to be looking at ways that they can make their lives better. Absolutely. And it's interesting, you know, going through the season of the festive season, should I say, um, you know, at first everybody was looking forward to Christmas and all the Christmas shopping and, and collapsing with all the, the, the presents and wrapping and all of that. Then we were looking forward to New Year's parties and buying yes. clothes and, you know, yes. sparky things for, for the New Year's parties. And now all of that's over. So what do we do? We start... Now all the New Year's resolutions come out, and um, do you normally have New Year's resolutions? Yes, I do do New Year's resolutions. I'm, I'm one of those that love to, uh, at the end of the year, see how I've done and where I am, and if I need to extend, I'll carry on until I achieve. So yes, I, I love resolutions. And do you normally stick to them? I do, and as we go and we chat, I'll, I'll, we'll go through yeah, I've got to stick with them. It gives me gives me purpose. Great. So I, I don't like the New Year's resolution um, word. It seems to have a, a trigger in my brain to say, no, don't do it. And my brain completes, <laughs> completely goes the opposite way. So I prefer to set um, smart, achievable goals, which are more achievable and going through what we do which is, I'm sure, what most of our listeners can gather from how we're talking, is what we're going to talk about today, setting achievable goals that you're not giving up within February, <laughs> or by February, should I say, um, sometimes even before that. So how do, we, how do we make our goals achievable and successful so that we do achieve and grow and evolve um, through the year? Well, I think very much we've got to, you know, um, we'll chat about the SMART goals um, and how we how we do go about that. But I think with goals, it's not the matter of just putting it down, I want to have a beach house. Um, if, if you don't have a plan to be, get that beach house and you're just sitting at home watching movies or something like that, you, you're never going to actually get the, the beach house. So with goals there needs to be an action plan as well not just a you know this is what I want to do and I think also you know vision boards are quite important but once again it's got there's got to be action attached to the vision board so yes goals is not just uh, airy fairy and fluffy it's something of this is what I want to achieve and then it's very much how am I going to achieve that Yep, and I believe um, most importantly we can um, hack the brain into creating those goals and making them achievable. 
But what I'd like to do, Cass, is go into understanding um, more about the brain and which parts of the brain we need to, to tap into to be able to achieve this, 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 this goal. So there's a theory out there called the triune brain theory, okay, that our brain has evolved in three different stages. And that we've got, uh, the first one is the brainstem, um, and, and that's basically what keeps your heart going, your blood flowing, your breathing, digestion, all your circulation, all the stuff we can't consciously do and we can't consciously control. Okay, then we have the mammalian brain, which is kind of like the brain of an animal, right? And the third one is the neocortex. This is the part of the brain, which is the biggest part of the brain, that covers most of um, your brain. So cortex literally means covering of the brain, okay? So if we're looking at the animal part of the brain, we kind of imagine something that is in, in an animal's head. So kind of, so be it a chimpanzee or a dog, um, it's pretty similar, although there may be some intelligence and IQ differences, but they are pretty similar. And the one thing that's absolutely certain is that the mammalian part of the brain doesn't really comprehend language at all. Okay. So that means you cannot have a, a discussion with a mammalian brain. No, and it's so interesting, like my mom will say that her dog speaks Portuguese and understands Portuguese. <laughs> Because <laughs> she seems to listen more to her when she speaks Portuguese than than English, but it's not it's not that a, a, a dog cannot understand um, most language. So how do we how do we tap into the mammalian brain? So yeah, so if we cannot use language and we can't talk, that means we've got to um, maybe demonstrate. Maybe it's emotions, um, yeah, something that you can see, something that you can illustrate. So without words, something that you can... So I suppose if you really think about it, if um, you see something that really makes you excited and happy, that is the mammalian brain triggering. It's, it's happy, there's emotion attached to it. If something happens that it's sad, there is once again that emotion. So, so yeah, so it's more the, the actions and the doings and the emotions that, that needs to be triggered in the mammalian brain. So in other words, it works off visual images. It works off pain, reward and fear, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the part of the brain where we make all our decisions and where they all come from. So how would we speak to this part of the brain that doesn't understand English or any other language? How do we communicate with that? So this, um, the most important um, thing about this is that it drives our emotions, it drives our decisions and our behaviors, but we can't talk to it. So how do we speak to an animal? How would you convey a message to an animal? We have to do things that are visual and emotional and emotional. Uh, so we'll obviously break that down some more, um, but obviously, like you said, Cass, tapping in to what you can see and what you can feel, tap into the emotional part of that, um, of, of the brain. So when your brain thinks that something is really important to you 
and it looks all around um all around uh, um, to find proof of this being real okay so Cass do you remember the last time you bought your car yes but I want to buy another one <laughs> <laughs> okay so so when when we go to to buy a car well when we we think of buying a car what do we do we start researching the car we start looking at um uh you know what's it gonna cost what's the fuel efficiency um comfortability affordability all of that and what happens is the brain then starts paying attention to that and starts thinking that well hold on this person is now focused on on this let me start finding more evidence of this so do you remember when you bought your last car you went and bought it and you drove out of the showroom and what did you see next? Everywhere you look, you'll find exactly. I the thought same. I was unique, and there was a few of us, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> you see the same type of car on the road all over the place, and you think, "Oh my word!" Now did every single person go and buy the same car? That's not the case. What happens is that now your brain is focused on you is is alert to the fact that you're focused on a new car, and is now looking for more evidence of it, and that's why now you start seeing the same car everywhere on the side of the road on uh, on the road should i say on tv on radio adverts all over the place and that's what we call um, the reticular activating system so the RAS. so what is the RAS? it's like a focus flashlight um and and almost like a satellite dish on top of our head that we within it's like a filter in our brain that will then see um how to you know well it pays attention to what we do and then shows us more evidence of that being real so for instance if you if you're um surrounded with with somebody who's very negative every day you know complains about everything is complaining about the weather whether it's hot or it's cold or it's raining or it's sunshine or it's windy or it's it's calm there will always be something to complain about what is that person going to start seeing? Only those negative things, okay? And that's what happens with, with the RAS, okay? And this is very important because the more we are reminded of doing something, the more we are reminding our brains that something is important to us, the more the brain will look for it. That's it. So if we look at it from, from a, um, from a, from a setting of goals, the RAS is the focus in your, in your goal-setting process. So what you focus on, you will then bring to life. So if you have set a goal that, um, you know, and it's part of your, let's just say it's part of your employment and um, you're in sales and uh, you know you have to grow your sales base by 20% this year, your focus or your RAS will then Focus on, I need to find more clients. And then you will see opportunities will, so you'll start networking and opportunities will come up. You might be referred from other clients through to you. So that becomes the focus of your goal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Cass, there's been a lot of studies done on success. And one of the most profound was that a study was done where they followed a bunch of people from a very young age, of five and six, uh, five or six years old, all the way up till they were 40, okay? The people who 
who all became older and more successful, all did, all had one big thing in common, and that is the ability to delay gratification. Okay, that ability to delay gratification was the single biggest factor in whether those people wound up successful later in life. Okay, that's just the introduction to what discipline really is. Um, Discipline is when, in the moment, you are placing your future self's need ahead of your own desires, okay? The benefit in the future is more important than the reward in the present. So if you think about this, people who are overeating, um, drinking, smoking too much, um, they or don't go to the gym, they are basically prioritizing then they are prioritizing their desires right now as opposed to thinking of prioritizing their, their future needs, okay? So there are basically two main concepts here, okay? Two key concepts that tie in together here, all right? And one of them is um, most of our failures we can attribute to future self-neglect, Okay, most of our problems in our lives, we can attribute our future self-neglect. Sorry, think about how many times you get pissed off with yourself because you went out partying last night and you had an exam this morning or you had um, an important meeting at work. Okay, or there is something in your life where you um, you chose not to prepare for a meeting thinking that you were just going to wing it wing it and you get there and now you you you're going to and, and then you come short okay so we tend to be angry at our past self not really realizing that we are do what we are doing now is setting us up for our future whether we like it or not okay and then the second one is habit versus discipline we all have that friend that is so disciplined or that we think is so disciplined because they're at the gym every single day. And we think, oh, I wish I could have that kind of discipline. That's what we're seeing is not discipline, actually. What you're seeing is a habit, okay? Because um, discipline is only really required a, a few times, um, and only a teaspoon of discipline is just is needed to to get a habit started to what becomes a repetitive behavior so the more you do it the more the neurons in the brain literally form a super highway and the more often you end up doing something and that is a huge part of the of the the formula that we will discuss next yeah, I think, you know, Claude, if we look at this, um, it ties very much into the SMART goals. Um, you know, I think everybody knows about the SMART, a lot of people know about the SMART goals. It was um, a principle that was um, derived from Locke and Latham. Um, and yeah, it, it's come through and a lot of people do um, set their goals to the SMART goals. Um, so SMART goals really stands for specific, measurable goals, attainable goals, relevant goals, and time-based goals. So I think let, we can go into those in more specifics. Um, we can go into those because a lot of people will say, I do do SMART goals, but there is sometimes a shortfall. 
and hopefully we will be able to pick up with you where that shortfall will come in. Yeah, and there's a specific formula to hack the brain into making our goals a success. And they're basically um, spell out the word fear. So what is it? Focus, emotional involvement, agitation, and repetition. Okay, so Cass, what is the focus part of, of, of this um, formula? Well, the focus is, yeah, you, you've got to be able to, it's something that would be very important to you. It's something that you would focus on um, to better where you are um, to, to go ahead to improve yourself. Yeah. And your focus will be there. And, and to, in order to, to help somebody with this or for yourself, it, you obviously need your undivided attention with this, right? Um, and then obviously the second part of it is the emotional involvement. What would you say um, that entails? So that, that you're going to look at where you will have an emotion. So if you say, um, I want to lose weight this year, you, there needs to be an emotion tied to that. You, if you're just saying it, everybody says they want to lose weight. But if you can convert that into an emotion. I want to lose weight because um, I've been sick this year and I really want to feel better for 2024. I want to live life um, rather than just existing in 2024 health-wise. You're starting to attach an emotion to that goal. Um, and it's something that you need to do. Otherwise, you are just saying, I want to lose weight. And all of us that say we want to lose weight, some of us do most of us don't. So because there's no emotional attachment to that statement. Yeah. So and if you want to, like we spoke about earlier, communicate something to the animal part of the brain, um, what do we need? We need emotion, we need visualization, and we need to do this on a very regular basis. Okay. Mm -hmm. We then get the agitation part of, of, of the formula, which means that something needs to be disrupted. So, Cass, do you want to explain more about that? So, if you're wanting to, um, let's say you want to lose weight, then you've got to change certain behaviours. So, to disrupt, you might, you know, every time you go to your favourite restaurant, you will always have a steak and chips, your steak, egg and chips. So, to disrupt and to make a change, maybe you go there and you have a steak and salad. Or you choose a different restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, disruption is just really changing the way you normally do things. Yeah. For instance, so if you want to um, lose weight or, or change your, your health habits, then a way to disrupt that is getting up early every morning uh, or getting up earlier than usual. Um, and instead of um, getting up and going straight to the fridge, get up and maybe go for a work, walk first, grab a glass of water as opposed to, to grabbing, you know, a snack. Um, just changing your habits and in, in order for your brain to actually wake up and see that there's a change. You know, go out and buy a, a workout wardrobe, for instance. You know, uh, train new trainers, new clothes to be able to train at the gym. And that kickstarts the brain into seeing that now something is different, something is uh, there's a, there's something is changed with this person, now let me focus on that. Okay. And 
all we are doing here is tricking that part of the brain, which is obviously the animal part of the brain, into thinking that this is a new environment. Okay, and I need to then pay more, and the brain obviously goes, I need to pay more attention to what's going on. Okay, so the more you're able to agitate your life, you wake up at a different time, you change your routines around, move the furniture around in your house, change the light bulb sometimes to, to a different type of light bulb. Anything you can do to signal your brain that, that this is a different era. Um, and, you know, Cass, you mentioned uh, vision boards earlier. A lot of people do vision boards. So what, what exactly is a vision board? A vision board is something that we will set up um, at the beginning of the year for things that we want that we want to to achieve in life okay and uh, this is obviously um, if one of my goals is for instance setting um, I'm going to buy a new house or a new car for instance I'm going to get a new job or make more money okay um, I then put on photos or pictures of the things that I want to that I want to um, achieve and I'm looking, um, and I'm looking at achieving for the next year. So, what what happens when we do a vision board? We're now creating that visual effect on the brain. Okay, and the key to 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 do this is to make it as um, sensory rich as you can. So, how much color you can put into it. What type, like if it's a if it's a house that you want to buy, what type of temperature will it be at that time of, at, at where where that house is going to be? Um, what color is it? What shape is the house going to be? You know, what will it smell like? Make it as sensory rich as you can, um, to to be able to hack the brain into thinking that now this is you know this is going to become a a a, a, a sorry a What's the permanent, permanent. <laughs> a reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the more sensory rich, the more we are going to translate from the upper part of the brain where there is language and send it down to the animal part of our brain because that builds a cohesive image. <clears throat> Excuse me. And once it gets down there, then there is emotion involved. So we have the focus. We have the emotional involvement and we have the agitation. These three all work together all the time. Okay. And the more you can get a full visual picture, the more you can force that part of your brain to be more emotional about the event and the more likely you are to achieve your goals. <coughs> Excuse me, my, something yeah. in my throat. <laughs> Yeah, then I suppose the final part is repetition. So, yeah, if you've got your visual your visualization board, by looking at it every day, that becomes repetition. So your brain will get used to seeing it, um, and yeah, it, that becomes a repetition of what you want, your goals, and where you need to be. For sure, and the more you do something, so if you're going to go to the gym, the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit, and the more the 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 neurons in your brain that are firing repeatedly be, then begin to form a bond, and then the more neurons will form around it. Okay, 
So it begins from a path. So almost like when you create a path that you're walking fast on the grass, okay? In the beginning, there's no, there's no pathway. The more you do it, the more it paves the way um, to, to, to that path. And the wider it becomes, and it, by the more, the more you, you know, you do something. So it then becomes more like, um, you know, then it, it creates like this, it, it strengthens those neuropathways. We create those strong neuropathways in the brain. And the more you, you, you create the habit, the more discipline comes from, from that habit. That's it. So, you know, something what we need to establish is when you're setting a goal, why do you want to set that goal? as well um you know it's it's easy just to say just be flippant about it i want to have a house i want to have a car i want to lose weight i want to have a million rand or million dollars in my bank account by the end of the year but why why do you want all that why do you want a new house what happens if you actually enjoy the house that you're in um you might look at you would like a house for investment purposes and investment purposes you'll look at that in your you know, You'll, you'll see that the money that comes in will make you you'll happy to tie that emotions to it because with that you're able to then um, look at another investment property um, and, and build up your property portfolio. Um, why, why do you want a million dollars in your bank account? Well, well who wouldn't want a million dollars? <laughs> I could do exactly. with two million either. I mean, why wouldn't you guess? <laughs> but if we don't have the why... It's just saying it. So why? I would like a million dollars in my bank accounts because I want to travel. I want to do Route 66. I want to go and watch a play, a Broadway show in New York City. I want to, you know, I want to have the options. I'd prefer to have cocktails on the beach in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. So once you start, once you start asking why, it's not then a flippant conversation or a flippant statement. It is, okay, I want this because this is what it's going to give me. Why do I want this? So then what you're saying is basically the goal stems from a desire to have better or to grow or to evolve. Um, because sometimes, you know, I'd like to make more money. How am I going to do that? Um, I can't just go to my boss or and say, hey, I want more money. You know, you obviously have to upskill yourself and a lot of times um, education comes into that. So we've got to be disciplined in creating a, a proper working schedule because not all of us are, are blessed enough to be able to now go study and, and, not, and have enough money to pay for our expenses while we're studying. That's so, true. you know, a lot of the times we have to really schedule our time properly so that we don't end up with burnout because of now trying to do everything at once just to get that money because then what's going to happen is you're going to burn out and you're going to end up spending all the money you've made on medical bills exactly exactly <laughs> and that's why even setting goals you know if you're going to go um out of what you're doing so if you let's just say you're an engineer and you're brilliant at engineering and you love what you do but now all of a sudden you want to go into psychology just is that really why do you want to go into psychology? Is it going to better your position in, in at work? Is it is it something that you might just love? Um, but have a why because sometimes when you go outside of who you are, um, the focus can be um, distorted 
or not there. And one of the questions um, you need to ask yourself when when thinking of of uh, um, a new goal setting plan is is the goal measurable? Are you able to measure it um, accordingly? Is it achievable? How am I going to achieve it? And what will happen if I don't achieve it? Okay. Um, why haven't I achieved it already? And is there another way I can achieve it? So, right. you know, and, and that's, that's another thing of, um, that I'd like to say is, is having a journal. Um, yes. Because what happens with having a journal is that we, we, it helps to keep us not only accountable, it keeps us, um, and, and we're able to measure, we're able to measure um, our achievements because something that's not measurable cannot be achieved. You know, yes. you can't manage what you can't measure. And Cass, like for me, with my work, uh, my line of work, I have a diary, um, which I write everything in there. So mm -hmm. all my appointments, all, and and on certain parts of the page, I'll have achievements. And at the end of the day, I'll write there, what did what measure, how, like on a scale from 1 to 10, how did I achieve this? How did I do today? How well did I do today to achieve my goal? And that keeps you accountable. That now gives you that perspective of um, where am I at and where do I still need to go? And is there anything I need to change to be able to get to where, where I want to get? But that's it. But that's it, Lord. Yes, we need to. So I've got a journal that uh, I also, I use it um, for plans. So if I'm sitting and an idea comes up and I think, ah, oh, that's a great idea. I actually jot it down, even if I draw little pictures or something. So my journal is actually a working journal. It's not um, just, you know, just this is how I felt today or anything. It's mm -hmm. it's actual working, all my plans. Um, what I think is a great idea. I need to look at this. I need to do research on that. So journal, I agree, is imperative. Yeah, and you what you do when you write things down, not only do you get it out of your head, because when we've got thoughts and, and ideas in our head, they can be fleeting, right? Where we, mm. we have all these ideas and it just becomes chaos and sometimes it becomes too overwhelming and you and then you give up before you've even begun. So what writing it down does is it starts training your brain to now construct what's in your head into into a structure that's understandable and and um to focus on what's in front of you right now as well and it keeps you in the present moment so that you can then obviously set the goals of measuring it and finding and and seeing if if it's not only specific but measurable and achievable as well as is it relevant you know what is it going to do for you if you achieve that? Um, and that's why writing things down is so important. So, you know, some people say, oh, but I have to write everything down. That's good. Keep it. Keep your brain active. Keep your brain uh, busy. And that's how we do that with, with, with writing. Because when we write down, we use more than one sense, one of our, our senses. You know, we, we're, we're looking at it. We're hearing ourselves writing it. We're, we're feeling the page and the pen while we do it. And that then creates that, those neuropathways in the brain to strengthen and, and increases the memory part of the brain too. Well, that's it. So I think yeah, you touched on quite a few things on the, uh, what we know as the SMART goals. So I think, yeah, Claude, we could probably just go through that. Mm -hmm. um, 
So really smart, the acronym it stands for um, S for specific, M for measurable goals, A for attainable goals, and R for relevant goals, and then T for time-based goals. So if we look at the first point, the specific, your goal needs to be clear and well-defined. You cannot have it vague like, I want to lose weight or I want to have a million dollars in my bank account. That is too vague. It has to be clear and specific because goals are there. You're setting goals to give you direction on where to go and how to achieve that. So um, is there anything else in specifics that you... Absolutely. So, and, and keeping it vague then, then doesn't keep you, doesn't help to keep you accountable when, when you're achieving the goals. So I want to lose weight. Yes. But how much weight do I need to lose and by when, which comes the measurable part. So I want to lose and be, be uh, um, realistic. Yeah. I don't want to lose 20 kilograms um, in in, in, in a month, it's not gonna, you're gonna set yourself up for failure and disappointment. Okay. So, so be realistic, be, and that's where setting these smart, achievable goals comes in um, because it keeps you accountable. It helps you to measure it in, in, in a, in a specific structure. And then obviously um, make sure that it is attainable. Like I said, you're not going to state that you're going to lose 20 kilograms in, in one month. That's that's um, unrealistic, right? That's, so that's where then the attainable part comes in. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, so your measurable goals is set a time limit to, to like you want to exactly, like you said, you want to lose 20 kgs, but maybe it's going to take you a year. So in 12 months, you want to lose 20 kgs by... The first of December, you want to be 20 kgs down. And then, yeah, then it's the steps to reach that goal. So, yes, it has to be measurable. So, you know, if you're on Weight Watchers or any of these programs, you weigh in every week. And that's great because every week you are aware of are you picking up weight or aren't you picking up weight? Are you attaining or aren't you not? Can I change what I need to do to change my behavior so that I can achieve it. And that, that the measurable is very, very important in this goal setting process. And then obviously the attainable goals is, yeah, it must be realistic. Like you said, Claude, you can't lose 20 kgs in one month because you're setting yourself up for failure, but also it, it erodes your self-confidence. And that's not what goal setting is all about. And that's why a lot of people shy away from setting goals because they failed previously, but they just didn't know the, the way of really doing it and measuring themselves. So if you measure yourself, so that might be every three months, you sit down yourself and say, okay, I want to, I want to write a book. Where have I got in three months? You know, And then maybe even from there, you plan. You plan further and actually say, okay, in one month, in month one, you want to actually have the forward, the introduction, and maybe the first chapter. Second month, you want to do chapter two. Third month, chapter three. And, you know, see where you are and then set for the next quarter. So it's about planning as well. So it's not just a goal. You have to have action steps and action plan to be able to attain that goal. Mm -hmm. And then we get the relevant um, part of it. So the relevant um, is, is relevant to the direction you are taking in life. So for instance, I want to lose weight. 
Um, but why do I want to lose weight? Is it to now be sexy and find a lot of boyfriends? Or is it because I actually want to be healthy and, and live longer? So, you know, then then it it changes in the sense that I want to be healthy and live longer. Now it might take me two years to lose those 20 kilograms instead of instead of um, one month or two months. But what I'm doing is now keeping myself accountable. I'm keep I'm measuring it. So um, instead of being able to to walk two miles down the road, I'm going to be able to walk four miles. You know, because now I feel healthier without being panting and falling over without <laughs> breath. <laughs> you know, um, so that's that's it. what is the goal? Make it relevant to what you want to your your end goal. What you want to achieve at the end of the day. So that so that it's not just a quick fix. It's got to be relevant to change your life. Well, this is your future-based life that you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about the mammalian brain. This is your future. You're looking after your future self. So right now, yes, you might be overweight. You might be smoking. You might be drinking too much. That is your self-gratification now. Mm-hmm. But now you've, you've set yourself, now I want to lose that weight. I want to, you know, either stop drinking or reduce the drinking or maybe stop smoking. Then this is now looking after your future your future self yeah okay so have you seen those apps where where people um there's an app that you can uh, put your picture and it makes you look like when you're gonna what you're gonna look like when you're 95 or something like that scary so so (laughs) what's what some people might do is take a photo put do that app and put that photo up to remind yourself that that is where you're heading that's the person you're going to be and whether you like it or not, what you do today is going to affect if you even get there, first of all, or if what you're going to look like when you get there, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's it's delaying that, that instant gratification so that your future self benefits more than, than your, your desires right now. That's it. And you can look at it even from a financial point of view. So maybe now, you know, you you curb your spending. Yes, you'd love to have all the name brands in your cupboard. But, you know, by spending all that money now, when you're 90 years old, do you really need the name brand bag or the name brand um, outfit? Well, that name brand bag's not going to keep a roof over your head. Exactly. <laughs> now, if you, exactly. if you start putting money aside for a home that you're going to be able to live in when you're 95 and comfortably... And that's no one's it. going to be kicking you out because you can't work to pay that off. That's then it. that's that's what you've got to look at now. That's is it. Um, live for today, but prepare for tomorrow. Exactly, exactly. And then you are know, time-based goals. You know, we always just look at it sort of like a one-year goal, but you can actually have a longer goal within your goals. You know, um, maybe you're going to study and you want to get a um, a degree. Um, you're not going to get that in one year. That might take you five years part-time or three years or four years full-time. So have that as a goal. Um, you can sit, so you're going to be doing your first year, then you can sit and make plans. Okay, every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be doing the work, Saturday, Sunday, I will then um, tie it all together and just start having plans of how you're going to get that you study and you're able to pass the exams at the end of the year. So time-based doesn't need to only be one year. It can be over three years or, or longer. Um, so yeah, you don't have to have it only over one year, but you have to plan 
for those years as well. Yeah. And Cass, like what you're saying is making that long-term goal is great. But within that long-term goal, break it down into small achievable steps so that it doesn't seem so overwhelming. If you tell me I must go and study a course that's going to take me four years, I'm not going to do it. But look at what we spoke about earlier. We have 24 years gone. If I had done that course four years ago, I would have been qualified in whatever that field was. So if we break it down into small achievable goals, it then <clears throat> it then becomes uh, less overwhelming and, and more achievable. And the key here, the very big key here, is to make sure that you have that reward in between when when you achieve those small goals within the big one, right? And <clears throat> um, what happens is when we when we reward ourselves, and I'm not saying now I've lost weight, now I'm going to go have a big fat cheeseburger from McDonald's. It's like you know I've lost some weight, so I'm going to go buy a wardrobe, you know, new clothes and stuff like that. What that does is when I've achieved that small goal, that small part of the goal. I now reward myself because now I'm going to have the motivation. That motivation is going to kick in to then jump to the next phase and the next step, you know. Oh, I've lost five kilos. Okay, now now let me go and up my, my, my steps at the gym to now lose more next month or lose another five, ten kilos, whatever the case may be. And that's very important to make these goals so achievable is that reward part of it. That's it. So, yeah, so that's the in-between. We celebrate, we reward ourselves appropriately. And then, yes, your time, your goal needs to have an end time as well. So these little rewards that you give yourself need to add up to your end goal. And that needs to have a date. Because when you've got a date and when you achieve that goal, then you can celebrate. And you can sit back and say, wow, you know what? Yes, maybe it was difficult to lose X amount of kilograms, but you know what? The end goal, so you, end goal, you'll say, you know what? Actually, I feel better. The journey uh, was was a good journey because it wasn't I just uh, took a couple of tablets and dropped all the weight and then you stop taking tablets and it shoots up again. This was a change in lifestyle, change in behavior, a change in habits um, that actually they benefits you so when you reach the end goal, you can celebrate the whole process and then the outcome of, of your goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, Cass, there's usually uh, people ask you, what, what type of goals should I set? Now, for everybody, that's different. But, I mean, you know, usually there's, there's four specific um, categories that we can break those goals down into. So obviously one being your mind, right? If you are not mentally healthy, you're not going to get anywhere. I promise you, if you don't take care of what you're putting into your body and into your mind, your brain is not going to work for you. Your, your, your brain is what, what drives everything in your life. And if you don't have that, you're going to collapse. And then the next one, obviously, um, goals sets around your body. For instance, weight, you know, losing weight or, or being healthy, um, going to, you know, getting your health checks, making sure that you're healthy because your body is what's going to help you achieve that, achieve that goal. And then another section, another category would be um, career, you know, or, or business, for, in for instance. You know, what, what, what do you want to achieve 
um on on in your career in your in your in your life and then obviously behavior being the last one and behavior could be something like i'm going to schedule more time for my self-discipline um i'm going to change my habits um i'm going to set healthier goals i'm going to go see a coach or a counselor and 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 get my life into a better structure than what it is because we can't have sex, drugs, and rock and roll for the rest of our lives. You will not cope, even <laughs> though you see some of these singers. I mean, Mick Jagger might live; it might look like he's still doing it, but it's it, it's only sustainable for a certain amount of time. So, you know, it's important to measure those goals and to set those goals in those structures that helps you to get to achieve what you want to get in life. That's it. So. Yeah, it, it's you need time to do this. It's it's not that you sit today and say, okay, these are the goals that I want. You need to sit and you need to be in your own space where it's only you with your thoughts and a piece of paper. And you can say, okay, this is what I would like to achieve. And take it serious. This is what I'd like to achieve. You know, you can have it in a bubble and then from the bubble, you can then list, okay, to achieve that, I'm going to probably need to do this, that, that. What are the opportunities that I've maybe missed or that I've identified to achieve the certain goal that I haven't, you know, that, that will help me achieve that goal. So it's actually a an exercise. It's not the matter of just even a vision board. A vision board's great for repetition that, you, that it reminds you that you've got a goal. But if you don't have action plans to that vision board, that vision board... It's just going to be a piece of paper on the wall. Exactly. So you, every day, if you don't have an action plan, every day you'll be reminded that actually I'm not going to achieve this. And you know what? You're a loser. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not capable of, of you know, setting goals and achieving goals. And that erodes your confidence again. So have an action plan. If you want your beach house, fantastic. Get your beach house. But how are you going to do it? Okay, I need to save X amount. I've got so much saved. I need to apply for a bond. Um, do I qualify for that? If I don't qualify, how much do I have to save to qualify for that? And the, that's the plan, and that's how you will get your beach house, not just by a, uh, a picture stuck on the wall. So in, in other words, okay, saying that I want my beach house, yes, that's what I'm going to get in the future, but um, it's what I do today, and right that's now it. that's going to get me there. And that's by staying in the present moment as well. And all these factors that we, we mentioned here today, like keeping the journal um, like setting down those goals, having those vision boards keeps you in the present moment and accountable and um, focused on what's happening right now um, because the the more awareness you can bring to your to your goals, the more control you have over it okay and and over that behavior, changing your behavior, keeping keeping you accountable, keeping you you motivated, keeping you you inspired. And and that's by staying in the present moment, but looking towards towards achieving that goal in the future. That's it. And you know, you might have, you know, lots of people also consult with life coaches. Um, the life coach will keep you honest because they'll say, okay, so I saw you last month. We we decided that we're going to you're going to work on this. Did you achieve that? Why didn't you achieve that? you know what do we need to do to get you to do that part of the plan so 
a lot of people do also have life coaches to help them to achieve their goals. And that's that's fantastic because they just keep you... Well, that's why so many course. people get gym buddies to go with them, to keep mm. you motivated, to keep you inspired, to keep you accountable, you know. Um, I mean, I can say I'm going to start gym, but tomorrow morning I don't want to get up and I'm just not going to. But if I've got my friend saying, hey, I'm, I'm at your door, come, let's go. You're going to get your butt out of bed and, and go to the gym, right? That's it. Um, so, so if you're setting goals, okay, they need to be obviously emotional. They need to have a why, like you said. They need to have a deadline and they need to have milestones associated to them. Okay, and these are all things you will you will find in in the goal setting plans that we we have. Okay, so if if any of our listeners would like to work, um, get the goal setting plans that we have that we can send to them, they're welcome to to send us an email on info at azurabodymindsoul dot com dot com. Yes, <laughs> and. Um, Yes, and we can, and, and we'll gladly work on, on, on these goals with you, keep you motivated, keep you inspired. Um, and, and these are just a few simple techniques that, that helps to manipulate the brain into um, changing our habits, into, and, and speaking to that animal part of the brain, you know, without, without needing words. Um, and that kickstarts the brain into making the action work and, and making those goals a reality and achievable and a, and a, a success. That's it. That's it. So, okay, so yeah, now we can go work on our goals for this year. Do you have any in mind that you're working with? <laughs> yes, well, for me, it's definitely um, a health. So, yeah, so looking at the health, I've already set out that um, in exactly like you said, in I have now uh, measured my, I've taken my measurements. I've started off with my weight um, as of the first. And yeah, and now I will measure myself weekly just to see what is going on. I have to add exercise because unfortunately with uh, stress levels, um, you need to also add the exercise for that as well. But to help lose weight, I'm going to, so I'm going to then have time, you know, every morning if I can do even 20 minutes and then maybe do like a 5k walk or run over the weekend. Um, I also don't want to start off too rigorously because then I'll, yeah, I just will run away. So starting off slow, but yes, that's, that's my plan. And then also once I achieve after a month, I'd like to lose a kilogram. If after a month I do that, then I will reward myself. I do have luxury things like going for a massage or going to have my nails done. Um, so those are part of my rewards till till, till I get to my goal. And then yeah. we all know that my nails is not even a reward. It's it's a necessity. <laughs> yeah, for you, right? yeah, for me, <laughs> for me, it's a reward. <laughs> and then yeah, um, and then time bound. I want to be at my goal weight by December. So. I'm not, I'm not doing it too strenuous. I want to do it that it becomes a lifestyle change, not just that I achieved it and I can take it off and be happy and then start the bad habits again. So I'm doing it over a year because I want to have that lifestyle healthy change. 
and mm-hmm. to my and to then achieve my goal. Fantastic! So in a year's time, we're going to measure you, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> and we've got it in on on recorded. Yeah, it's, it's now recorded. You can't go back. <laughs> So, so for me, it's, it's uh, basically um, tied into body, mind, and soul. Um, definitely the body, um, keeping healthy, uh, changing um, habits to more healthier habits because I'm finding that the old habits are not working for me anymore um, and the burnout keeps hitting me, so I need to change those habits. My mind, um, I... I need to always be stimulated. I enjoy stimulating my mind. So I would like to do a few more courses this year just to increase my skill levels and and keep me out of mischief. <laughs> um, and then soul as well, just because doing, um, you know, increasing not only my skill levels, it's going to increase my financial uh, freedom and then also increase my spirituality so that I am now a whole complete package once again as the last 13 and a half years you know case have been really um roller coaster ride for me with losing my sister and then seven years ago to losing my dad so it's been a lot of um up and down um steps for me um dealing emotionally and and growing and coming out of that grief and trauma state so now it's time to start focusing on myself which I should have in the beginning, but I neglected my past self, which now I need to start <laughs> paying more attention to my future self, and and that's what what my goals are for for this year. Um, but yeah, let's. It would be nice to hear from listeners on what their goals are. So if you're if you'd love to to connect with us, send us an email. Um, once again, it's info at zerobodymindsoul.com. And yeah, keep in touch with us. Um, it would be lovely to hear from people and, and hear what your goals are and what you would like to work on and if we can help in any way. But for this week, Cass, I think we've come to the end of, of, of our show for, for this week. We've touched on a lot um, and hopefully you've enjoyed what and learned so much more from what we've imparted today. And we look forward to seeing or speaking to you next week again. Thank you very much, Claude. And uh, yes, to all our listeners, have a wonderful, wonderful 2024. Have an epic 24 and may everything that you wish for that will be good for you come true. And don't forget to walk in with the right foot. Get the year started on the right <laughs> foot. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks, everybody. And Cass, take it easy. We'll see you soon, too. Bye. Bye.